Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to week three of the AEW Review, the Exalted Challenge. I am your host, Jim Mernier, a.k.a. J-Dash. I am part of the Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast and also a proud member of the PWNewsroom.com family. You know how this show works out. It's going to be different. I've decided to change it up. I've decided to make this podcast more about energy, more about passion, more about talking about the things that matter the most in each show. So what did ADEW review to this week that was different from last week? Well, first off, we had live shows, ladies and gentlemen. We were live. We were live in Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida, my hometown, Duval, rep it up and here. I'm not going to do the Duval thing, but still. But what is so different about this past Wednesday night compared to the last four weeks? Live shows. No more recordings. It's great. That means a lot. We're three weeks away from the biggest pay-per-view in AEW history. Double or nothing officially kicked off the AEW one year ago. No, actually, it's one year ago, two weeks from now. The same week they, the same week that Double or Nothing's on right now. Over this year, I've watched how Tony Khan has going after Pacific wrestlers to fit the mold of AEW. He's not going after the most recent released wrestler from the WWE or ROH. He's going after wrestlers that can fit the mold into characters that can build up stories and build up fandom or build up hatred or heel heat that cannot be done in the other companies. We've seen these guys come over. John Moxley, who is finally portraying the character that he's always wanted to do for the last five, six years, but couldn't do it in another promotion. Jake Hager, the same way. He wanted to be more aggressive, more of a bruiser type of wrestler. He couldn't do it at the other promotion. Brody Lee, we know him from the Wyatt family from the other promotion. And we do know that he was underused a lot. Now, tonight, or yesterday evening, or two weeks, depending on what time you listen to this podcast, Burley Lee has made himself known. The exalted one has made himself known. So, with that all said, I know I haven't had a proper introduction into past shows. I know I haven't really introduced the reason why I love AEW. Or reason why I follow AEW. Is it because of the Young Bucks? No. Is it because of Kenny Omega? No. Is it because of Sean Spears or Cody? No. It's about the love of wrestling. For years, I have watched the WWE toy with my emotions, tickle my fantasies, then shove it down the drain and say, Oh, you could have had it, but no. They're doing that right now with that hacker guy. But... That's a different subject for the other company or the other podcast. So let's get into what happened this week in AEW. Well, first off, as we know, the story arcs between Lance and Cody. We do know that. We, that's been building for four weeks. We understand how they're building it. But the question is this. Is Lance Archer becoming the true heel of the AEW? Or is... MJF still the main guy. We don't know. But what we do understand is that this match at Double or Nothing in three weeks is going to be on fire. These two guys are building up a match where it's going to be so much... I can't really express it. It's going to be epic. These are the matches that we want. These are the matches that we've needed 
for years. In the other promotion. For years. We've wanted to see matches like this. The build-up to a epic collision. Not month after month after month of the same BS. We're finally getting that in the AEW. We're finally getting that in year one. Past pay-per-views at AEW have been lit. Revolution, full gear, all out, all lit. If you want to tell me what does this TNT Championship mean for AEW fans or for people who watch AEW grow, honestly, my opinion, AEW takes more pride in their championship belts. The AEW World Championship, which is held by John Moxley, is held to a prestige of that is the belt for everything. That is the granddaddy of them all. That is the Super Bowl trophy. That is your goal. But the TNT Championship, I hate to say it to all the people out there. So, oh, the TNT Championship is going to be compared to the Intercontinental in the United States and the, the second-tier level belts from the other promotion. It's not. And it won't be. The TNT Championship will be a prestige title. Because the company's still young, it will be, of course, may not hold the same amount of history as the World Championship. But the World Championship, as well, only has two champions. Chris Jericho and John Moxley. But the TNT Championship, with the chance to have Cody or Lance Archer hold it for the first time in three weeks, will spawn a history in which the AEW can build off of. We do know as fans from the other promotion that the AEW has very few belts. Women's title, tag team titles, TNT, and the AEW championship. That's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. We do know that in the other promotion, they have a little bit too many titles. And it's, you know, making them really irrelevant in the stage that is AEW. Or the stage that is the WWE. Or the stage that is ROH. I'm a big proponent where most smaller titles... I'm a big proponent that fewer titles mean more excitement. In the WWE, we see too many titles and not enough TV time. AEW, my pin's doing right. Do I hate the WWE? No, just listen to my Ross shows and listen to my SmackDown shows. AEW is what I've wanted for years, and I guarantee a lot of you fans out there as well agree. But what does this TNT tournament have that has... Honestly, what has it done? It has built up superstars already. Darby Allen, Sammy Kavara, Kip Sabian, Colt Cabana, even though he doesn't need a, any boost up. But of course, Lance Archer. A big twist in the story tonight is Lance Archer's manager, the legend, the Hall of Famer, Jake the Snake Roberts, was in the building in Jacksonville and decided, after a mishap of Brandy Rhodes, decided to put a python on him. Oh, that shook up everything there, ladies and gentlemen. That changed the stylings. That changed the feelings of the match. The match has become more personal. Four weeks ago, we found out that Jake the Snake Roberts wanted Cody Rhodes to be respected. And he even kind of portrayed Cody Rhodes as being the other guy that he claims he's not. Cody actually destroyed this chair-like throne. And the representation of him. And Jake the Snake Roberts pointed out that he is becoming him. It's an epic storyline. It's an awesome storyline. It's an enjoyable storyline. It is something that either during this 
crisis that we're dealing with here around the world. Hopefully, everyone's safe. Hopefully, thank you for listening to this podcast. I really appreciate it. Hopefully, you guys are staying safe out there. But for the last month, we have saw, we have seen, we have felt this energy build between this tournament and Lance Archer and Cody. But what else can be related to this? Well, of course, Sean Spears, Mr. Perfection, who I think, if you listen to my other podcast, I've said Sean Spears might be getting a little push here or a little rub here. He made a little, he cut a little promo today um, attacking Cody for leaving his older brother, Dustin, to the waist of Lance Archer, saying that it's his fault. This scream, not this. This doesn't really scream anything to me. What it does, it tells me that there is going to be a story arc developing. Most likely, Dustin Rhodes is going to come out and say, Sean Spears, you have no idea what you're talking about. It was my decision. And they're going to do some type of storyline that way. So, I can sense, I can sense here, Sean Spears, Dustin Rhodes at Double or Nothing. Be an interesting match. May not be the greatest match in that night. But I can see it forming. I can see it developing. But we do have a match that was just announced this week. And it's because MJF, the man, the myth, the legend, the greatest heel at the age of 24 of all time, made an appearance on AEW. Ran his mouth, acting like he knows his stuff. Great great time in the in the episode to do it it was very very intriguing very interesting and you can feel the arrogance that he is and that's one thing about mjf that's awesome yes he's arrogant but also he is an incredible athlete who knows how to portray his character but the scene with him and sean spears on the ringside getting interviewed by joey giovanni and mjf being sarcastic drink some beer or it looks like some wine coolers or whatever. And Joe Giovanni breaks him out. like, yeah, MGF, you're, point, you're going to face Jungle Boy at, money, um, at double or nothing. And he spits up the water or wine. It was epic. But what was the best part of that whole scene, sequence, was not just MGF spitting up the water. If you go back to that sequence, ladies and gentlemen, go look at Sean Spears' face. The shocked face. He sold that whole segment. And it's awesome. The one thing I've noticed about AEW and the athletes and the wrestlers and the people, JR, Excalibur, Giovanni, they all are having fun. They're all smiling. While in the other promotion, they look like they're following company line. That tells me a lot. That tells me that the AEW and and the assets that is in the AEW are buying in the product, selling the product, and having fun with it. It was a great, great, great way to promote your business. Or whatever. It was a great way to establish that, you know what, we are a family here in the AEW and we enjoy what we're doing. And I think that's what a lot of fans who are wrestling fans like me, hardcore fans, that have missed for years. The AEW is bringing that with us. And these little small little things, these small little promos and segments with face expressions are amazing. But most of you are coming here, and it's because you've seen my awesome thumbnail. Well, it's not really awesome. Still working on it, but still. The Exalted Challenge. 
This past Wednesday night, John Moxley take, took on Frank Kazarian of SCU in a very good match. Um, man, Frankie Kazarian, uh, he's going to be a, if he's going to be pushed as a single competitor, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really do. Uh, that guy does a lot of work, especially he's a dark horse. He's a, he, of course, he works with the Young Bucks a lot, uh, and man, but you can tell from Christopher Daniels. His story arc with Bro, uh, Broly Lee over the over the last couple of weeks, even before um, the before the Exalted One showed up, you knew that SCU was going to be involved with the Dark Order, but we didn't really see what else can happen. Yes, Moxley did defeat Frankie in a good and solid match, but what really changed it all is that the Dark Order comes out and beats down and attacks Moxley and SCU. Well, the other members of SCU show up and help, but still it's a a brawl, a smosh or smash or whatever you want to call it. But Broly Lee comes out and goes after Moxley and looks at Moxley and at the very end of the cut scene after having him beat down, saying a few words, I had some fam- some friends over, I didn't understand or didn't catch what he said, but I think he said something about um, about he wanted the title, but in like his superior, inferior, his, his superior presence. And he pretty much grabs the belt and he's holding the belt. He's looking at it and it goes in a commercial break. So I can honestly say, and I guarantee a lot of you fans out there can honestly say that we are. We have seen buildups of matches here. We know Cody and Lance Archer are going to go for the TNT Championship. We know, or we're starting to see, you know, maybe a Sean Spears versus Dustin Rhodes at Double or Nothing, MJF versus Jungle Boy at Double or Nothing, and the Dark Order taking on SCU. Plus, possibility of the AEW World Championship being on the line. With Broly Lee taking on no other than the man himself, John Moxley. Interesting match. That would be an interesting match and a very intriguing match because for people who have watched the other promotion know that Broly Lee or Brave or Luke Harper or everyone and look at him as or John Moxley or Dean Ambrose. We know as AEW fans that those two guys were underused. And never given the chance to do anything in the WWE. And that's not a bash at them. Those These guys are incredible athletes. It's the promotions. It's the creative from the other corporation that is bizarre. That is, unfortunately, disrespectful. But hey, in this business that is sports entertainment... The AEW is doing very well. When the ratings come out tomorrow or Friday or Saturday, I do believe that the AEW will be winning again on Wednesday night. They have had a couple of times. But apparently uh, NXT had a good card, so I may have to watch NXT to see if it compared. Uh, but the main match that was the main pivotal match of the night was the Inner Circle versus Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy. Or broken Matt Hardy. This, ladies and gentlemen, was an awesome fight. Street fight. 
went all over Daly's place into Everbank Field, which is the home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it was incredible. I do think in one scene where Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega were in the um, Humvee, not Humvee, in the ATV, and they're running towards Sammy Guevara. And Sammy Guevara jumps, actually, trying, I think he blocks his hit, the, the glass with his hand, but it literally looked like they almost took Sammy Guevara's heads off. Heads off. And whew, wow, that was what, that's what you talk about a hit. Sammy Guevara sold it very, very impressively. Um, it was a classic beatdown about the inner circle. And honestly, with the match that was just announced, I think about 10 minutes ago, it looks like uh, the Proud and Powerful will take on Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy uh, next week on TNT Dynamite as well. So it looks like the inner circle, Kenny Omega, Matt Hardy type of um, story line is still going to be in effect. So I want I can do a prediction here, but unfortunately, the other people that are a part of this are not around. Because you remember, Blood and Guts was supposed to happen, then the pandemic happened, and that storyline was lost for ages. Um, but double or nothing, I do think there is going to be a either a singles match between Moxley, no, excuse me, a singles match between Chris Jericho and Broken Matt Hardy, and a combination of a a four-on-four tag match, fatal, I don't know how you want to call that, fatal four, no, fatal four ways, four different teams, a four-on-four tag match, where you have Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Proud and Powerful, taking on the Young Bucks, Sammy, Kenny Omega, and Adam Hangman Page, when everyone gets back to the track. I think that's what it's setting up to be. I'm not going to like, predict it. I think that's going to set up to be. I'm on here just rambling. It's been 18 minutes. I think you guys have been you know, hearing enough of me. But what's the news outside AEW that might be intriguing for AEW fans? Well, brace yourself, people. If you listen to Talk Is Jericho podcast this week, he had the revolt on. Give that a listen. Give that a listen because Revolton announces four tag teams that they will love to face. And one of them, it's not really surprising. We've kind of known it for years. Or if you've watched the Young Bucks' BTE network, we kind of know the answer there. But with that, I'd like to say thank you for listening to this 18 to 20 minute podcast. Really appreciate it. Hopefully, you tune in to all of our other podcasts. The Raw review from past week. We discussed many things, even the crappy ratings that are affecting not just Raw but also SmackDown. Also, SmackDown will be released um, as well on Saturday afternoon. Saturday is a big day for us here at the Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. Friday night SmackDown review dropping Money in the Bank preview. And also at 6 o'clock p.m. on Saturday evening, we will be doing a live stream throwback. And we like to call it the Shooting Gallery Time Castle series, where we go back and relive past pay-per-views. And we will be visiting the 2000 Backlash. And also, in three weeks' time, on May 23rd, Double or Nothing Live Reaction Stream. Come join the crew of the Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast as we watch Double or Nothing. Year number two begins in three weeks. Uh, hopefully you can join us as we enjoy Double or Nothing next week. With that, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jay Dash. I am the host of the show. You can follow us at P 
P-W-N-S-G-W-E. With that, be safe, be classy. We'll talk to you next week. This has been the AW Review Show of the Week.